Michael said that you were an abomination and that if you had any sense of decency, y'all would have staked yourselves when he asked you to. everyone this is alex and this is M. welcome to the latest episode of the good the bad the basic this is the podcast for nostalgic gen x and millennials and binge watchers of all ages on this podcast we'll be discussing what we love what we hate and what's just a little bit problematic about the tvs and movies we're addicted to and do a bit of rewriting where necessary Today's episode is part two of our analysis of the Vampire Diaries spinoff series, The Originals. One episode simply wasn't enough to detail all that's wrong with the writing on this show. No, it really isn't. So Emma and I wanted to discuss a bit more of the problems showcased in the writing and highlight other TV series and movies that did what these writers were trying to do a bit better. As we said on the previous episode, Alex and I watched this show so that you wouldn't have to. And we certainly have our work cut out for us. Want to hear what made this series so bad and overwhelmingly basic? Stay Stay tuned. jump in at you guys our last episode i touched on a few characters that could have been done better and now i'm diving a little bit deeper one character that i really want to touch on is the only character that's been fully thrust into the adversarial role alex and i talked about characters like thierry vincent and jackson who were very who were very averse to the michelsons but didn't go full quote-unquote radical and a character that is portrayed as going all the way to that point is celeste dubois elijah's old flame yeah she's coded as an antagonist like she's a she's a i think back series one um villain they definitely code her that way yeah. So she is she is Elijah's old flame who is deceased, but for the last year has been inhabiting the body of another black witch, Sabine. When Elijah when when Celeste comes back into the picture via Sabine as a conduit, the first thing she does is actually something that everyone has wanted to do circa TVD to Elijah, point out to him that his biggest flaw is his brother. This is the thing that is holding him back from true happiness and full morality because he, like what the writers want the audience to do, constantly compromises his own set of principles and values to accommodate his brother's psychopathy. Right. Not Klaus. Elijah's definitely like an enabler. Um, And it's an enabler of Klaus is a kind of bad behavior and it's no more pronounced than when we get um, Celeste's backstory. Like I think uh, a couple of episodes before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we get her backstory. We know what happened to her. We know that Klaus um, 
Klaus was kind of was aware of their relationship, but we didn't know to what extent. We do know that Elijah was very much in love with her. But again, he is the Stefan character, maybe the hyper version of the Stefan character, because he he will always put his brother first, whether or not his brother ever actually changes. And in all the centuries they've been together, Klaus never changed or ever made an attempt to change. And the so the part about Celeste's character that's also really maddening, it's part of this other sort of um habit that the originals has to be very flippant about the racism I think of the time is Mm -hmm. you know Celeste is a black woman she's like a black witch like in circa what the 1800s ish in New Orleans and Mm -hmm. how she dies is essentially she's having a relationship with Elijah she's a witch and Klaus the the string of deaths that he's been causing on the witches of New Orleans and she essentially gets caught up and they don't lynch her. Thank God for small mercies, but um, she is murdered by the town's people. It's just uncomfortable because that's real. Uh, that's real shit that happened. And um, that's real stuff that happened to black women. Uh, and it's, mm-hmm. and because, and, and if, and on another show, it would have been fine. I think if they had, lent if they had given it the weight it deserved because I think that's another thing that and I think Emmy you said this a bit earlier when we were talking it's not necessarily these plot lines it's the lack of weight and the lack Mm -hmm. of gravity and the lack of care I think that's a complete lack of follow through follow through that's given to to these plot lines. And I think if you had really like had like if you had had that happen and then if you had had like any sort of like accountability, Klaus faced any sort of accountability, real accountability from Elijah, like that would have been it could have lived with it. But the fact that like her death is just in particular, the death of a black woman is treated so like mm-hmm. is so disposable. It is just mm-hmm. it's um angering. Even the way she died was very problematic for me. Celeste was a very powerful witch when she was alive, and when again she she finds herself back on this plane via Sabine as a conduit, we we see just how powerful she was. You really want me to? believe that this woman was just drowned by a random person like this is the thing the the tvd and the originals does this often they introduce a supporting character and they can't get rid of this person fast enough and again they really acting like they're just sprinting through the series when it really could could have been a really good marathon it could have been and so you give me this person who's all powerful when you need them as either of support to the main characters or as an adversary. And then you deplete them of all power when it's convenient because you need to write them, write out their storyline. Don't tell me that someone like Sabine died from being drowned. It makes absolutely no sense. She was far too powerful. I mean, obviously I'm with Alex. I'm glad we didn't see a, a, a lynching. Thank you for that, I guess. Um, the bar is that low, you guys. The bar, the bar is so that low. low. <laughs> but don't tell me that she died from being drowned. It would have actually made more sense because of his relationship to his brother and because of how powerful Celeste was that she died um, um, through um, as a direct impact of 
Elijah's um, refusal to sever ties with Klaus. Mm. You know, so there's been like a, a conversation, I think, in popular, like in the popular discourse of like, let's re like of like rebooting like bad properties instead of like rebooting perfectly fine ones. If 30 years from now, somebody wanted to like reboot the originals, I would be happy with that. <laughs> and Like do the show properly. Like I wouldn't, I'd actually yeah. be really interested to see what this show looks like. Um, yeah. with like a bring really back, like bring back everybody and just make them better please make it better <laughs> make the whole thing better let's try this again i'd actually be interested to see to, to see this show yeah it, both tvd and the originals are shows that as we said when we were doing our tvd review it was a matter of it was a perfect storm of timing um and casting and network promo, a lot of promo went into these shows. Um, the cast were really, really good looking. The exact type of people that you want to see. Um, characters like that are really, really problematic as well. Um, like I know that a lot of people thought Klaus was interesting for some reason. I don't really think Joseph Morgan is that hot, but people thought he was hot. Haley is another really problematic character that's like cast, you know, really, really beautiful. Um, I would have liked to see how the show, how the narrative would have been spun if Haley were the exact same person, but like ugly. But that's a that's a different topic for another day. We know that beauty privilege is why all of these people are allowed to behave like trash. Even the people that are good people or try to be good people like Marcel and Davina and Cami are like really good looking and we're supposed to accept that they're really good looking and internalize that and coddle them when they fuck up. Um, and the character uses a lot of really, really um, inherently toxic human traits Um like, you know, beauty privilege and um, even colorism and a lot of toxic writing tropes in order to get you behind these characters. Right. It, I, like I, I, like we sort of touched on, I think a bit in, um, uh, like we touched a bit on, on, in our, in the Buffy episodes, particularly when we were, we were recapping Buffy season six, I, truly honestly believe that like Klaus and the romanticization of Klaus and the fact that this show tries so hard and is of the opinion that like Klaus is to be redeemed and like getting me on Klaus side is a direct descendant of like people romanticizing that um Buffy Spike relationship I think absolutely you can absolutely trace it there like you, just him as a character the fact that he's so vile and like but because like this peppy blonde white girl like loves him or like gives him therapy or whatever I'm supposed to somehow be like mm, like he's so great like I'm supposed to somehow find that within myself I think it's a complete direct descendant of, of that of that story mm-hmm. and that I agree completely I think that that the, the character of Klaus um well we already know that Damon and Elena's love story was definitely Buffy Spike fan fiction but even Damon um um would at least 
talk about and make small attempts to grow. When Elena is actually written off the series, we actually see Damon make a, a, a really big growth. Um, and so it, it was less, it felt less of a betrayal. With characters like Klaus, he literally never grows, you guys. He never really changes. He doesn't become that good person. And the one favor that the show did me that I'll be forever thankful for is that it never put Klaus and Haley together as a couple. Thank you for that. That's true. Usually, like, in TVD <laughs> land, like, that is definitely... Um, I was so um, worried, you guys. <laughs> I was so worried, too. <laughs> like, but oh, they never right. do. They keep it... They keep it... And honestly, because how convenient she, would it have been for these type of writers who just want everything to fall into their lap to be like, well, she's already pregnant with his baby. That's what Let's I'm make saying. Like, do you family. really... I don't know how I would have reconciled um, a man who, like, threatened to kill you if you got an abortion. <laughs> how you would have reconciled that and then, like, oh, I'm just falling in love with him. Like, I don't know how you get there in your mind. Like, I don't know. So no, I'm no. glad that the show didn't didn't do me like this, honestly. Um, but I could have done without using the character of Jackson as a prop. He could have been a really formidable, um, more formidable adversary to Klaus and a, and a character that could truly hold his own. And the thing is, Jackson was already interesting enough with what little they gave him. And Marcel was already interesting enough. And even Cammy and Davina were interesting enough that we could have had a fully fledged so show where Klaus died in like the second season. Well, I mean, I understand what he has to, I understand why Klaus has to be there. And I'm not saying get rid of Klaus. Cause like Klaus provides, um, the like ma- malevolence and, um, and the tension, I guess I would have just appreciated less focus on him. I think maybe that's what I want because I could understand. Cause I think the show becomes infinitely more interesting if it shifts from, so like you say, maybe in second season, something happens, but then, and then the focus of the show shifts from this like malevolent figure, like in Klaus and it becomes about, how do you how how does each person deal with like the PTSD of like living under like an abusive trauma like an abusive patriarch and like an abusive system and like a parasitic system like how do you heal because so so to me that is very interesting because we know that like you know um women who are abused by their husbands, they go back. They they go back. They go back like three times. Like And Rebecca is absolutely that. Like Klaus isn't her isn't her lover. Obviously he's her brother, but she keeps going back to him. Back to him, right? So like that and then and then, you know, PTSD manifests manifests itself in a myriad of ways. So that to me would have been more interesting to see like how does each person deal with like the like now just the echoes of trauma and like the echoes of of trying to heal themselves um and this is why like i say that like the show could have the, these characters could only flourish if klaus died and the reason why i say that is because klaus is not just someone you leave right every time rebecca has tried to leave him or just tried to 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 have 
a romance, something that didn't revolve around him, he has, like, he's killed off, like, dozens of her boyfriends, you guys. He's daggered her when she wanted to be with someone that he didn't approve of. He was absolutely that ex-boyfriend that doesn't allow you to move on. Like, he is that figure that you cannot exist apart from him. He is so toxic and he's such a black hole of a character that everyone gets pulled into his realm. This is what makes Klaus so exasperating to watch because people that want to be free of him cannot be free of him literally as long as he lives. Right. Um, And then even just like hope, even like hope, coming into the narrative and then you're supposed to be like oh Klaus is a dad like feel bad for him guys like she's really gonna be redeemed this time is like it's really gross to me (laughs) like very gross in fact like when hope is like born and then in fact like when and that's why like I think in the last episode I was like it's devastating to me because I was like oh god Haley was so close is because when hope is born, I become even more like in incensed. I'm that, that's when I'm really like, oh, Haley, like you have to leave. Like for the sake of your daughter, you have to leave. Like it's not yeah. even just about you anymore. Like there is a child in this equation. Like now, like you have to pull it together and like do what you have to do and run away from this person. And there's actually like a scene, I think somewhere in season two, where Haley is, you know, she's with Jackson. She's finding herself. I think she's becoming more independent minded. And mm-hmm. she and Klaus like threatened. And it's very chilling. It is. And it's one of the most chilling things of the series. And I think we're and that's why I'm saying the show is like so frustrating to watch because like we're supposed to empathize with Klaus. But Klaus like is like, I will mur like he's in, but Klaus essentially, um, I don't remember the specific line, but the, the intention behind it is Klaus telling Haley, like, I'll murder you. Like, if you try to leave with this kid, like I'll kill you, I'll kill you. Right. And I won't feel bad. And it's chilling. And how many victims of domestic abuse but, have been told these exact, exact words? Exactly. If you, if you try to leave and take my kids, I'll fucking kill you. I'll kill you. And it is the most, and that's what I'm saying. Like, it is like one of the most chilling parts of the series because it's like, that is real. <laughs> like that is so that's real shit. And like, that's real things. And this is part of like what you were saying about how irresponsible this show is because you're like, I would hate to imagine like a young teenage girl or like a young woman, you know, watching this series and is in this and is essentially in that situation, maybe like a like a young woman, and like these and like the messages she's taking from that. Like I would, I would, I would, I would like I shudder. I shudder. Yeah. And the fact that at the end of the episode there's no like and then when he does it, the fact that there's no like sort of like at the end of the episode, there's no like if you are the you know, if you are a victim of domestic violence, please call. Like the fact that there's none of that, the fact that like they can't, they're not even self-aware enough to understand like what they're doing and like what they're advocating is really just like upsetting. (laughs) I've never been so upset at something. Here's the thing. You could have had a character like Klaus, right? 
Klaus didn't even have to change for the story to be better. Right. You could have Klaus the same and just stop making people bend to him. Marcel, Rebecca, um, Haley, Jackson, Elijah. This is very important. Elijah is the cornerstone here. Elijah's the reason why Klaus hasn't been held accountable for centuries. Back in TVD, he literally saved Klaus from a very, very well-deserved retribution. He's the only one who can do this. Y'all want male patriarchs so bad? Stop giving us Klaus. Give us Elijah. Give us an Elijah who knows that his brother's wrong and 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 now has put his foot down and will stop letting his brother terrorize people. people. Elijah, and he, and he, the good one, quote-unquote, who's constantly enabling the behavior makes what Klaus is doing worse from an audience standpoint because you're having the good guy tell you that the bad guy's not that bad. Right. And I mean that, and I, and that's what I'm saying. Part of like, this is why you have to recontextualize this show. I think when you watch it, cause you're like, okay, like quote unquote, good white, like white men saying that like the other, like malevolent, like white man, isn't that bad. Fine. Sure. I buy it. Like, like I buy that. Okay. Whatever. But I just can't, I just can't help but think like how great like and this is something I think this series could have truly been something amazing and great if it's just if you have these first two seasons of like Klaus doing all these things and then in the back half of these seasons you have Haley Jackson Marcel Davina Josh um, Re- Rebecca all these people just really coming together. Um, and saying, you know what? I'm finished. Like this, like this cannot continue. Right. Like it's not going to continue. And it doesn't, and it comes to, and I mean, you, I guess you have the, you know, you have season three after this sort of like, um, plot line with this, like the Strix, which I still don't understand. Don't ask me to explain it, but like, <laughs> After the Strix and you have Marcel make the deal with the Strix, you have Marcel sort of um, on his own, like, finally, like, overthrow Klaus. Um, and and then, like, you, although, like, I hate, like, part, you finally have Marcel and Marcel, like, finally, like, overthrows Klaus. And, like, but then you have, like, Vincent coming in poo-poo Marcel, which is, like, which feels like bullshit. Like, Vincent's, right. like, see, you've become just like Klaus. I'm, like, um... Pause? Pause? <laughs> I'm, like... I'm, like... Marcel would have to work overtime to become just like Klaus, just so we're clear. <laughs> just so we're clear. And this is part of, like... And it's, like, I don't know if they thought they were, like, critiquing, like, black patriarch like the like black male patriarchy like maybe that's what they thought they were doing that's absolutely what they were doing marcel is a threat simply because he's not klaus is he better than klaus yes are his people more loyal yes does he have the credentials yes does he have the experience yes but he black y'all so he's a danger the danger but yeah you have vincent sort of poo poo and this is like part of another annoyance of like where people like like want always want like black people to be like to be like some bastion of like whatever not which is dumb like some bastion of like purity i think um in the way that we fight for freedom but um it's it's, it's a lot you guys that they do that again 
the the Klaus character, if they were determined to not make his character grow and change in any way, it's fine. But everyone else should have changed in response to him. She because went. the thing, whenever they showcase, they do these flashback scenes where they showcase Klaus's relationship with his father. Like, it's terrible because it's abusive. But in light of what Klaus has done, it doesn't seem that bad. Those scenes are supposed to hit so hard and make you feel so sorry for Klaus. But they have literally no impact, like negative impact, because you've already seen what Klaus has done. And it's a million times worse than anything his father's ever done to him. Right. And it's like, I think the thought behind it is supposed to be like hurt people, hurt people. But like at a certain point, like that's not an excuse anymore. Especially when you've literally made it your life's mission to hurt people. Hurt people. Exactly. Like if that's all you've ever done. What he does to people is not a response to hurt, like a person carrying trauma and then like, um, you know, inadvertently hurting people because they have unresolved issues. He seeks out hurting people because he has this 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 overwhelming thirst for power. So then you have Marcel and Marcel like overthrows Klaus. And then but then there's five years of peace. Like there's five years. I think it jumps to season five or season four and there's Klaus Klaus being finally being overthrown has like led to just like a sort of like calm and they it happens but like by the time it happens it feels so late like it like it it's I'm just like do I care (laughs) like right you've already exhausted me like this needed to come like in season three versus season four. So this is a critique that I have about the writing. Alex and I have talked extensively about how the writing on this show is so rushed. But the thing is, we we need to talk a little bit more about that because it's not entirely true. Things that are toxic, like toxic relationship dynamics, dysfunctional families, you know, abject violence. These things are not rushed. These things are driven home over and over and over again. Good things like grieving, love, accountability. These things are what's rushed. Right. It's funny you say like grieving, love, accountability. And um, though, though that's the heart of a show, right? That's like right. the heartbeat of a show. So the fact that like those things are often, I think that is like the big missing piece of like why this show just doesn't work is like there's so much focus on plot and there's so much focus on like violence and destruction that they're and then sort of I think scurrying to try to bring you on the side of the people um who are creating violence and destruction and there's not enough of like what actually makes a television like heart a television show's heartbeat which is love accountability um and go oh my gosh what was the third one um okay love Grow. accountability and grief and grief, grief. And nobody grief. really grieves on these shows, shows. Did, y'all, did y'all love these people at all and i'm not just talking about Haley and jackson we know she didn't love that man i don't care what she says like i'm talking about people actually losing family members and loved ones and they're just like i guess right. girl you know what that's so smart i'm actually that's love accountability and grief. i'm actually gonna write that in my own notes to for like my own like, writing like, that's so right, smart. Like, 
You cannot hammer us over the head constantly with this dysfunction and and drive it home to the point where it's an integral part of this person's character and let any type of growth and any type of healing be rushed. That's not how life works. Right. So yeah, the show was was mad irritating. So here's another character that I really want to jump into that I just felt like um, this character left a lot to be desired and could have been done better. Well, actually, no, actually, this is a character that I thought was actually overall done the best, even though he was like a supporting character. And that was Josh. Josh. So, I love Josh. Josh. I love Josh. Like, and you know what? It's interesting. I actually think they did right by Josh because he wasn't part of the principal cast. Like, wow. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone in the principal cast left much to be desired. But Josh wasn't part of the principal cast until the very last season, which is only 13 episodes long. Josh enters the picture as a teenager, a real teenager, not someone who was just turned when he was a teen, but like he was literally turned on the show. And he becomes very quickly Davina's best friend and confidant. Josh is the first gay character that this this team of writers introduces that actually gets to have a boyfriend. They introduce Luke in TVD, but Luke doesn't have a boyfriend. Josh has a boyfriend. He has a really good boyfriend. He has Aiden. Their boyfriend, their their relationship is really evenly matched, really healthy. They're super duper cute. Aiden is a werewolf and he's got his life together. And Josh is getting his life together. And Josh and Davina's friendship is so cute. And so, like, it's it's as pure as you can get in this It is. It's pure. It's, like, the purest thing on this show. It really is. And Josh and Aiden's relationship is the purest thing that you could get on this show. And Josh, you know, obviously they put him in the role of like the gay best friend, which is a common trope. Like the gay best friend to the straight girl is a very common trope. But they they let him actually be a fully developed person. That's true. Because a support to Davina. Yeah, because like Josh does a lot of things, even in the first season. Like, you know, Josh has his and Josh has like his own agency, like, you know in the struggle when Klaus tries to get Josh to betray Marcel, like he has to compel him. But even then, like Josh there, I think there are lots of points and moments where Josh could have like put himself on team Klaus, but he always like makes an active choice to like be in Marcel's camp and like love Marcel. And like, you know, he is close to, he interacts with like, pretty much everyone over the course of this series at some point. And he, he's just, he's just a good dude. Yeah. Like Josh is a great kid. He's really fun to watch. Um, and I really loved his relationship with Aiden as well. I thought that it very well mirrored the early days of Caroline and Tyler's relationship. I, I feel like his character was obviously thrown in there as, in the, as a writer's bid for diversity. They had already villainized <laughs> all of the black people at one point or another. So That's they're true. like, we need, we need one of the good guys on our team. But like, let's make them gay, you guys. Just let's make them gay. And it, it worked. Like they didn't completely fumble the ball on this character. So literally out of everyone on the show, I would say Josh followed closely by Davina were like the least exhausting to watch and actually fun to watch, especially their scenes together. Josh and Davina. That's like, Mm -hmm. that's like, that's like the power team. That is the power team. Josh and Davina. (laughs) I would say Davina operates like as a cipher of like a woke, of like a woke white girl. Um, like, an Instagram like woke white girl, but she is, but she's also somebody who I think is 
a, a joy to watch like over the course of the series she grows she like makes tough decisions she gets you know knocked on the chin but she very much tries to get up and and you know persevere and and honestly anybody who's just like consistently anti-klaus i'm here for it's like to right be, to be honest so davina is not only a child she very much looks like a child davina actually she looks has like a, ba- a like porcelain has, doll come to life you I guys say, she has like hardcore baby face that actress yeah, she, she looks like a literal baby doll come to life and i believe she was only 16 or 17 when she was cast in the role of Davina. And Davina also has great hair, which is fun to watch. The actress was actually discovered in a hair salon when she was 10 years old. <laughs> like, Davina has great hair. She's really fun to watch. She looks like a little porcelain doll. The character is probably the best female character these writers have ever written, period. And I'm talking, and that includes Elena, Caroline, Bonnie, Haley, Rebecca, and Cami. <laughs> the I like- best. You know, it's funny, like, Cammy, when Cammy dies and then is turned into a vampire and then, like, dies again, it's, like, this huge plot that, like, and the show wants me to feel, like, so bad. And I feel nothing. Uh, I feel nothing. Huh? I felt nothing either. And I'm I'm, I'm a sensitive bitch, you guys. Like, I'm real sensitive. Same. I'm a real sensitive bitch. So, like, I'm trying to understand why I felt that way. And part of me is like, girl, like, Klaus, like, you thought that was going to, you and Klaus and you continuing to, like, hang out with Klaus, you thought that was going to end well. And I feel like, like I said on our last episode, in a lot of ways, um, Cammy was written kind of like in a very um, Matt Donovan way like everyone around me is a natural predator and I'm just a person but it's okay we're friends and he doesn't learn until much later on um, Cammy's relationship with Klaus as it evolves is almost fan fiction of what would have happened if Buffy had never left Angel you think so yeah like he's a vampire but we're gonna make it work you guys and then it ends in the worst possible way because how else could it end like wow. how else could it end angel understood this angel understood this. this is why he's like you're not gonna really have any type of life with me and that's when he dipped out after he came back from hell mm-hmm. he realized this and he's like no there is no happy ending for us it's upsetting because like she is smart like you like when like she's smart enough to record herself because she realizes she's being compelled right right she's not dumb like which is so refreshing by the way but like for like a like a woman in this like series and like because i feel like they intentionally write the girls dumb but like she yeah she's smart she she's even angry about it right she she confronts she's like how dare you like how dare you invade my mind and and take away my agency my thoughts like trust me like I'm a woman, trust me to understand like my own mind and to deal with my feelings and myself and my personhood. But mm-hmm. then like she keeps like messing like I don't know, like she just keeps hanging around him. He's so like and I'm just like, girl, like what are you doing? Like she becomes exhausting. I think she becomes exhausting she because become- she she's so smart. Like if she was dumb, I feel like I would have been okay. Right, right. And this is this is why I'm going back to Davina and why I will stand Davina. I just think in general teen shows would do better and I think would be better for having more sort of like familial relationships between characters. Right. 
And it's sad that we needed a character like Josh who was gay to show us a truly platonic relationship. Um, We hadn't had a platonic relationship between a guy and a girl since Matt and Bonnie. And that relationship was underdeveloped because Matt and Bonnie were constantly used as supports for the rest of the cast. Right. And it was unfortunate because I think in those late, those back seasons of TVD, when like we, when you do get those Matt and Bonnie scenes, like, you know, those actor, uh, the actor who plays Matt and the actress who plays Bonnie, they just shine. They shine together. And it's actually really fun and refreshing. Hope Michelson, do you give a shit? Nope. Sure didn't. I <laughs> well, just... here's the thing. From the beginning, I didn't give a shit about Hope Michelson. And there's, there's three reasons for that. A, the writers had already failed to make us give a shit about Haley and Klaus, Circa TVD. In fact, um, in, in varying ways, they're both shit people. So why do I care about their offspring? Secondly, from like from an analytical point of view, she's a werewolf. He's a vampire werewolf hybrid. Any child of theirs is a super predator. Um, so <laughs> I, I, I definitely don't give a shit. And third, she is being threatened with her life to give birth to this baby. So this baby's not actually coming into the world under the, the best of conditions. Like, oh, I no, that's Haley. genuinely don't give. I mean, beyond the sort of like, I think faux Harry Potter, like thing that they're clearly building in the, in that, in the first episode of season five and like they've and they've aged up like hope significantly. I just like, it's such a shameless, shameless ploy. After everything that's happened, it's such a shameless ploy. I feel like to be like, see y'all, Klaus, not that bad. Um, and I'm like, no. <laughs> and, and we like, never get like, there. We never get to a place where we think he's not that bad. Like, they're like, you guys, Klaus couldn't possibly, because like, look, like he like he put like an, this pretty little white girl in the universe. Like, don't you feel something? I'm like, no, I feel nothing. No, you don't I feel, feel anything. Nothing. I feel nothing. nothing. Here's the thing. Even if I were involved in and felt some type of way about Hope Michelson and actually gave a fuck about the character, my, then my next point of contention would be these people shouldn't be raising her. They're the worst parents, especially Klaus. The shows showed like uh, throughout the course of this years, the show like alludes to and actually does show a bunch of dead black kids like <laughs> and I and then like you said, doesn't really grieve them. But now I'm supposed to like, oh, a pretty white girl. Y'all care. I'm just like, you know what? I don't think I do. And that's the thing when you have writing like this and let's go back to the the three central um, um, themes, things that should be given slow burn, grief, love, accountability. When you fail to develop these things, what you do is you create a detachment between the, the viewer and what's happening on screen. We don't care about these characters because not only are we desensitized to what they're doing, which is what you wanted, right? You want us to be desensitized to the cruelty and the violence that is hitting us over the head constantly. We are, we are, um, disengaged and divorced from any sense of, um, of a feeling for them and desire for them and hope for them. That's true. They never, they never really exist. Like the, the weight of them never, never manifests. (laughs) As I said, Josh and Davina are the closest they ever came to having real people that you really give a fuck about. (laughs) 
I listen, Jackson, J- Josh, Davina. That's it. That's all I got. That's all I have. Right. And Marcel sometimes. Even Jackson, <laughs> Jackson felt like a betrayal because Jackson, Jackson could have been so much more. more. And they did the they did the, the the viewers a disservice, but not by not giving him more and not giving us more of him. You really gave us this character and introduced someone who could have been great and then snatched him away to continue coddling your abusive ass protagonist. I mean, I guess in the end, like Marcel, like like I said, Marcel like is in my heart ish, like ten percent. Mostly because of how beautiful he is, but okay, um, a, a shout out to that actress, real, real quick. I want to give it a, a shout out to Charles Michael Davis, who played Marcellus Gerard, because that man is like a fine wine, you guys. So <laughs> he's so beautiful, so beautiful. Like, um, I mean, they don't cast black people often on these shows, but when they do, when they're they do. ridiculously good looking. They've never had a bad looking black person on that show, period. That's true. Like Vincent and Marcel, like really do it. Like I'm not. That's not. Luke and his daddy were fine as hell. Hell. Um. Although I don't know that. Like I'm in my corner forever. I don't know if I'm in a corner for Evan Ross, but like I feel like Evan Ross has his moment. I feel like and he even has that his- the boy that um that Bonnie's mother was raising in a TV oh, from Cousin Skeeter. Yes, he was fine. He was so fine. He was good. He was really good. Um, and Carol and Nate and Nate from um, Nathan from Insecure on TVD. Right, he was on the show as well. So yeah. the, their cast is always good looking. They always get like really good looking people, and they don't make an exception for the black characters. They're always like super duper good looking. Marcel, the thing is, he's not just a good-looking character. He's a character that, even more than Jackson, had the potential to be great. He was given real backstory. He was given real community and relationships that were separate from Klaus. And y'all really just wasted opportunity after opportunity with him. I think, like, overall, like, I mean, I guess for, like, the sake of the show, I think Marcel was done like okay like it was fine it was okay it wasn't the worst written character by a long shot right and i think the way and i think the reason why is through a halfway point i think they did save marcel somebody i think somebody in that writer's room committed to just like not having this show like they couldn't fix everything but if they could fix anything they were like i'm making a commitment to fixing marcel and right they because did. his his antagonist turn was so clusterfuck <sighs> and wow. and anticlimactic. I'm like, y'all really not trying to make me choose Klaus over Marcel. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't, do Don't do it. Do it. <laughs> Don't do it. And then, but like when he, but listen, when he daggers, when he finally fights Klaus and wins, and he daggers Klaus with Papa Tunde's dagger. I just, I, I also really just want to re bring up the fact that like. You know, Papa Tunde, you know, crawled so that Marcel could run. Because, truly, truly. Because, say that again. Let the church say amen. Because they, every time, like, they want to, like, anytime, like, somebody actually, like, discovers, like, the will and, like, the juice and the determination to, like, decide we're going to kill Klaus or, like, we're going to get Klaus once and for all, they they all, like, it becomes a plot that they have to search for, like, this Papa Tunde, like, mm-hmm. dagger that does this super cool thing where it, like, 
it curves like it's straight into his heart and that's essentially what Marcel does he gets like the power from like the Strix and he finds Papatunde's dagger and even when like when the Michelsons are fleeing or whatever and I think I think there's like a scene where Klaus is like come with us or like I love you and you know you're like my son and like you're part of this family and Marcel is like you suck like you suck I hate you I hate your stupid family like you don't even know what family means like everything about you is bullshit like don't ever talk to me ever again I and like and he's like the difference between you and me is like I actually love this city I'm not I would never abandon this city I would never abandon my community I would never abandon my post and you have nothing and want for nothing except have power and then like to terrorize people. And Mm -hmm. then they flee on their merry way. And then when it's followed up, when we re um, come into, when we come back to the show, like the next season, it's true. Like Marcel is like running the city along with um, the witches and the werewolves. And, you know, he's made peace with these factions and um, he very much is about, Community. Community. And he he always has been. This is the thing. Opportunities were wasted with the character of Marcel. Because even if y'all didn't want to change Klaus, you had other opportunities for less toxic patriarchal figures. You had Marcel and you had Jackson and y'all fumbled the ball so many times. Marcel is introduced to us off jump as someone who's very community oriented, very family oriented, whose people follow him, not out of threats or fear of, and, and domination, but true respect, admiration, and uh, a sense of fraternity and brotherhood. And the thing is, like, again, the the, the class storyline with, with Michael was very just like, I just roll my eyes because, again, he he his father pales in comparison to his own abuses. Right. But then when you throw Marcel into the mix, it's just very like it's low key racist. And I'm going to explain y'all really trying to make me think that because Michael spoke harshly to Klaus and chained him up one time justifiably because he was about to become a werewolf. You guys that he somehow had a worse childhood than Marcel, who was literally getting beaten every single day whose father slash master couldn't even be bothered to give him a name but he turned out a more well-adjusted person than klaus like even that is like horrifying even that like that origin story for marcel is awful like and it's It's horrifying but it's it's, not even given enough weight right we're supposed to give all this weight to klaus's childhood fuckery like and he was like i don't know 18 19 20 when he became a wolf for the first time marcel's a literal child of the age of 12 or 13 and and that story like literally holds no weight it's always used as a prop for klaus to throw in marcel's face face. to remind marcel of how much he quote unquote owes him owes him And I would just, and it's annoying. And like one of those in, you know, if I had like, even just like that origin story, that scene of like how Klaus and Marcel meet, like if I had gotten that, I would have been like, I, if I had gotten that script, I would have been like, okay, so let's try this instead. Um, Because just that white savior narrative is like disgusting. I would have been like, what if I, I, I would have suggested that the better story of how Klaus and Marcel meet is that maybe is that 
Marcel of his own accord decides to run away like and Mm -hmm. runs in the middle of the night and then on the and then in his sort of course uh, or in his sort of quest to to run that's when he like bumps into the Michelsons um Mm -hmm. that would and then uh they decide to keep him and not turn him in or he goes from quote master to master and that would have that's a better story, and this is why because it. it uh, I think it is because one, it does it does several things. One, it it gives Marcel his agency back, of like he of his own accord decides to run and decides to get free, and it establishes something about that character in that like his sense of wanting to be free and like his sense of independence of and like needing independence is a strong one um, that is within and of himself and separate from any other white character on the show. And not, and then it would have been something, and then you could still sort of have like, I guess, like if you insisted, you could have had um, this sort of terrorist aspect of Klaus, like being like, Oh, I should have like, whatever, giving you back or whatever. But then it's, it creates a tension. It creates like a tension, it, but it, it creates like a never ending tension between them. Like, and you mm-hmm. have that consistently simmering under the surface. In fact, he's running away, like to go north, but it's like, it's a chance meeting. And you should have like, even when he gets to the Michelsons, like Marcel should also try to run away from them as well. Like there should be like a constant, like, work of this of Marcel and this character trying to find community trying to get free trying to 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 find a wholeness outside of outside of the Michelsons he shouldn't be dependent upon the Michelsons for like life that's what I would have like if I'd ever if I had gotten that script I'd been like yeah that's that's a better choice so this is what I would have done with the Marcel character you guys um ways to give Marcel not just more agency um but um make a character that's less indebted to Klaus. In the episode where we meet Marcel, we are at the funeral for the governor's white son, the one that Klaus killed, and Klaus and Rebecca are at the funeral. It would have been more interesting to me that the governor was the what you know the one person in town on Vervain, right? Because he knew what they were and he knew what what had been what what they had done and you know wanted retribution. If you put them in a situation for example where the governor gets a group of men in the middle of the night in an attempt to burn down the original's house or something or stake them or dagger them because you know he doesn't know that you can't kill an original with a regular stake, right? And Marcel saves Klaus, thereby indebting Klaus to him initially. I think it would have wildly changed their dynamic and would have made their positions more of an equal and also highlighted the fact that Marcel had no loyalty to his father because of his enslavement. Um, there's just, again, there's so many ways that this could have been done better, but my main, my main concern with the way they meet, the way that the show actually portrays it 
it's not how they meet so much because I can understand Klaus sympathizing with Marcel having met him that way. It's the fact that not only does Klaus have to give him his freedom, right? It's not something that Marcel can take for himself, but that Klaus is the one that actually gives him his name, thereby putting Klaus in almost a surrogate father position, which I thought was really cringe and really horribly done. And Klaus owes him and this is what starts the beginning of their relationship, it it changes everything. It even makes Klaus a more sympathetic character because they would have shown that at least to this one person, he showed loyalty in his life. But I think we can both agree the way that they did do it was just very not okay. <laughs> not okay. Um, it was not okay, you guys. He, he was nameless, you guys. First of all, do you know how racist and ahistorical you have to be to even get to that concept because for purposes of just documenting your property you have to give your slaves a name name. yeah that's like (laughs) required that is required by law like and it could be anything their name could be stone it could be rock it could be leaf it could be tiny it could be big they just need a name for legal name for legal purposes because then he runs away what are you gonna put on the what are you gonna put on the flyers fam flyers dude (laughs) um uh very racist and ahistorical and then like if you apply for insurance right she did which people did at the time like that's actually how i think jp morgan chase got its start you have to ensure your quote-unquote property right yeah you have to like you you have to put, you know, a name for your insurance. So for insurance purposes. So that doesn't make any sense. Um, and But you know what they were trying to do, right? They're trying to show not how bad slavery is, which is what they should have done. They're trying to show just how much Marcel owes Klaus. Right. It's like, every you gave boy, me my even name. Ugh, name. That's disgusting. He gave you everything, even your name. And I'm name. just like, you know what? That's disgusting. At the very least, if nothing else, Marcel should have been given a name, period. Or he should have chosen his own. Like, that's that's what mm. I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Give, like, Marcel back his agency. Let him choose his own. Like, right, let right, him like, come up with his own. All, the character should have had a name from Junk, period. But let's say, like, Alex, give him his agency. Let's say he leaves to run away and, and runs into Klaus, which was, you know, her rewrite or my rewrite. He goes to Klaus to warn him about what his father's up to, and Klaus takes him in. Either way, Klaus gives him this education, right? Let him read for himself who Marcellus was. Let him give himself that name. Right. Let him let him give himself let, a name. Let him rename himself and shed, you know, the last vestiges of his slave name. Let's say his name was Tommy. You know what? Keep it real cute. Name him Toby. You know? <laughs> it's like, I don't want that name anymore. It's like, it's my slave name. That's another thing that's just missing with a lot of these black characters and black storylines uh, on the originals and particularly TVD um, and these female characters, like give these people, give them their agency, like let them make choices in and of themselves. Stop disposing of like your women of color characters. Like this show, the originals never had any like black women. Like, I mean, I guess I had like Celeste and then, yeah, Flash yeah, Flash her. Oh yeah, Agnes, and then um, oh, but like Elijah's like prop girlfriend when he like can't have Haley anymore is like horrifying. That right. whole thing is like that whole thing is horrifying. But what I was about to say was the 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 show's relationships to black characters in particular 
um, I want to say especially Marcel and Emily Bennett, is a direct reflection of the way that the writers love to romanticize the slave era. Like even with Marcel, we have the character Klaus and Rebecca seeing that what Marcel's enduring is difficult. But y'all been living in Louisiana for a while. Y'all have seen other slaves. You, you quote unquote saving this one slave, that's supposed to somehow cast them into the role of good white people. That's they just, <laughs> slavery. They just want to do right by this one slave, you guys. Well, and you know what? It's funny because I think even in that, it's such a, t- I think it's so telling. Because, you know, white people like to think like, oh, I would have stopped slavery. Like I would have, mm. I would have totally been on that. But I think the fact that they code they one they code the Michelson family as like being like the most powerful family in New Orleans, and then they code um and then they code them as like quote unquote having built the city, but then they don't like out so like but then you guys don't outlaw slavery. <laughs> hey, this, is, this is what I'm talking about. They they so romanticize the slavery and doesn't even tell us that slavery is bad ever they just want to say that marcel's particular experience with slavery was bad and klaus saved him so he owes klaus we literally only see slaves being treated poorly when it benefits the pro- the, the protagonist's narrative and I, the, the, and this attempt to rebrand klaus yes yeah, so like even like i think that's just like it's just so <laughs> nefariously like it's just hilarious in a way that like even in this, like, even in now deciding to write this, writing this the way you've written this, essentially Black people's pain and, like, hardship is really just a vehicle to make you, like, make you feel better about yourself. Right. <laughs> it's not really about them at all. <laughs> oh, my God, right. that's and, you know, gross. You can't tell me that Marcel, as bad as he had it, was the worst treated slave in all of Louisiana. Not by a fucking long shot. They saw that shit every day. And even even the root of the origin story is very narcissistic. And I'm sure this was unintentional as well. Y'all trying to rebrand Klaus as this person who was so compassionate to Marcel and Marcel owes him. But it says in the episode itself, that when he saw this young boy being beaten, he saw himself in Marcel. It had nothing to do with Marcel, and it never did. And this is, like, I think, just what we're, what we talk about. Like, when we talk about representation, when we talk about writing Black characters, when we talk about writing characters of color, like, you have to, or in, or writing any marginalized group that you are not a part of, like, you have got, like, to make sure that you have a fundamental understanding of crafting that character in a way that is giving them their own complete uh, personhood within and of themselves, that the representation cannot just be at a level of casting. It has to be at the, at the, that first level a written level as well or else it's it doesn't mean anything it just doesn't mean anything with marcel you understand enough about racial dynamics to have made his backstory that of an enslaved person but then completely destroy how they completely erase how how slavery impacted him while trying to constantly make us sympathize with klaus having had an abusive father or just um or not understanding or just kind of you know you've yeah like you've 
you made Marcel like a slave and then like he wasn't anymore, but then you want to completely erase. So you understand that, but then suddenly like you don't understand like the power dynamics between right. like, like the you don't understand racial power dynamics and particularly racial power power dynamics like of the time or like why someone would be uncomfortable doing one thing or doing another or you use those hardships to then keep furthering your white characters that's a problem or like even the way that marcel was acquired by klaus like he didn't kill the governor he didn't burn down his plantation and liberate every fucking body that was working there we we it doesn't say but we can only infer that he bought marcel right right so you're you're not you're you are not subverting the systems. They don't see anything wrong with the system. They only see what's wrong with what was happening specifically to Marcel. I want to take a really, really quick break from Marcel and Klaus's relationship because there's just so much there and talk very briefly about Elijah. I've mentioned before that Elijah is the Stefan to Klaus's Damon even though like Elijah's like the hyper Stefan who's more accommodating than Stefan's ever been. And Klaus is the hyper Damon who's more violent and um, um, savage than Damon's ever been. But you, I, I even want to make this biblical. Elijah is the Esau to Klaus's Jacob. He's not just dealing with a brother who fucks him over, but He's constantly deprived by his brother's greed. He's been daggered for a total of a couple hundred years every time he pissed Klaus off. So you're literally depriving someone of what they're owed as like a human being existing in the world. You're literally depriving him of life. If you've ever read the Bible, um, Jacob and his mother conspire and steal both his brother's birthright and his blessing and it's not it is actually not until jacob leaves in order to you know um find himself a wife and esau's free of him that he starts living his best life when they run into each other many years later jacob is poor and struggling with two wives and a bunch of kids and esau's rich as fuck and happy as fuck elijah could have had that too if he just left his brother alone yeah like it's interesting that you said that because it's true klaus is the young the younger brother to Elijah. And yet Klaus is clearly in the role of the family, like patriarch in with Wait. like in within the absence of Michael. And yet it, which is a role that he's strong armed, right? He's strong armed right. himself. Exactly. Because it should have been, because really it should have been Elijah, like Elijah's because Elijah's the older brother. Elijah should be the family patriarch, but he's not. Much like Esau, I'm sure he's mad at the shit Klaus does temporarily, but even in the Bible, like Esau forgave Jacob for the shit that he did. But like, he was like, I'm living a good life now. It was good to see you, brother. Blessings to you. I'm going to be on my way now. You can forgive someone and still realize that they're not a good person to have in your life. <laughs> right. Even if you wanted to forgive him, you, you have to understand after a thousand years He's the reason you're not happy. He's the reason your sister's not happy. He's the reason that Cole and Finn are in fucking boxes. <sighs> oh yikes! It's just yikes. <laughs> so yeah, he's like he's like the 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 clearly less evolved version of Esau. But it, there's definitely like Esau Jacob remnants there. Like anything for my brother, I do anything for my brother. But you right. literally step down and not claim your rightful birthright and just you know what you're right intrinsically entitled to as a as like a living breathing person right 
Right. And well, not breathing, just breathing, but living patriarch, yes. Yeah, living, living. Like, yeah, not breathing. But what you're entitled to, just to like allow your brother to have these these whims of power. And it would have been really cool if they kind of like took that biblical parallel a step further and showed that Hope's life is cursed because of her father's sins. I would have liked to see it. That would have been interesting. I think, see, and that that actually would have been thematically very like interesting. I would have cared about that, like the the sins of the father. It would um, have been very engaging because then it would have forced, it would have created a great dynamic with hope because it would have been something to reckon with where maybe she loves her father, but she understands she's suffering because of him. And because of her suffering, he steps up and is, is actually trying to be accountable and do penance for his crimes to alleviate the burden from his daughter and actually do right by her. See, that's true. And that's something that I would have, I would have still hated Klaus but I would have been more in, in in fact, maybe that's like, because like you say, like the witches are from the jump coded as like evil or whatever. But I think I would have maybe empathized or I think maybe like a better story could have been like, since Klaus has just been like killing all the witches, like due to that, like, and sort of reverting back to like TBD mythology, like in their, in their, in the witches sort of being uh, the guardians of nature and the natural world, maybe like as like punishment for like Klaus killing all these, um, curse, like a, like a witch's curse, like on hope from the jump. I feel like I would have been like, okay, like I could have gotten it. Like that manifests. a fairy tale I, dynamic in this type of realm fits in actually quite well. Quite well, yeah. I think I would have gotten on board with that, and some that's something I could have understood. And then it, and then the way it manifests is something not that that's something that's intri- intrinsically like affects like hope, and not necessarily is a malevolent force to other people, but like. Right a witch's type curse that like affects hope in some sort of like way, whether that's like her health or her, her sense of being when she gets older, that would have been something I would have been very interested in. And I think that's a better story and a better dynamic to spur, like even what you're talking about. It's not necessary for us to like Klaus. It's necessary for us, for you to show us that he is doing better, whether or not he wants to, because, um, you know, one of uh, Rebecca or Elijah's monologues finally sank in or because he's forced to because his daughter's life and her happiness are on the line and he's forced to do penance. Either way, there needs to be retribution for his millennia of crimes. And we never get that. Stop trying to make us like someone who is a shit person. Stop trying to code against them as like intrinsically evil because that's another thing that I think is very unintentional but ends up telling on on the writers of this show is that anytime uh one of the factions whether it's the witches or the werewolves to kill Klaus or like kill the Michelsons or like take a stand against them once and for all in in one that is like violence the show always Will, the show will always write write it in a sense of like oh see like hate can't like 
hate can't fight. Like it's a sort of like after school, especially like hate can't right. fight. Two hate. wrongs don't make a right, you guys. Like, like, I know, um, I know we're literally killing you, but reacting is wrong. Wrong, and it's like that is psychotic. <laughs> like no, <laughs> like, it is psychotic. It is psychotic. It's literally like 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 um you know white people will turn around and say that. You're the real racist if you say fuck Sis. the police, even if the, after they just killed your entire family. <laughs> your family. Like, it's psychotic. Um, it's, it's like, no, like, they, like, you've harmed their community, and now they are acting in a sense of survival, and that is their right. It didn't come out right. of nowhere. It, <laughs> didn't spont- it didn't just spontaneously spring forth. This is a reaction. Shen. Like, this is, this is, like, this, this, is our, this is a people, like, that are um, exercising their innate personhood and will and per- and self-preservation and will to live. Like you it cannot be stressed enough, you guys. It's a reaction. Emphasis on the prefix re reaction, not an action. It didn't spring forth. You know, the, the witches weren't bored one day and weren't just like fuck the originals. Let's get these hoes. It was literally you slaughtered their people reaction self like the show literally makes it seem like you should just eat shit and smile basically and if you're not reacting in a way that's compliant to even violence you're in the wrong and it's not just doing this with the witches it does this with rebecca when she tries to like stand on her own and align herself with marcel and finally take a stand against her brother they're coded as the adversaries right because right. she's not putting up with his shit forever, like she's supposed to be doing. It is completely unfathomable to me that, like, if you tried to murder me and that I take a knife and stab you, like, if you are, like, if your hands are around my neck and you're squeezing and I take a knife and stab you, somehow I am in the wrong. Like, I can't. Like, and that is essentially what the show does over and over again with Klaus it's like and it's not just like murder and it's not just interpersonal right it's about like this white family that is systematically murdering these communities like they you like you've killed so many people in these communities to the point where like the wolves are almost extinct like I can't even stress that enough the wolves are almost extinct as a faction because you have killed so many of them and and yet you think for sport for sport and you assume and then if when so then when the wolves are like oh we're gonna get these hoes like they're like oh like hate doesn't solve hate you guys I'm like if you stick a knife in my back nine inches and pull it out six, there's no progress. If you pull it out all the way, that's not progress. Progress is healing the wound that the blow made. And they haven't even pulled the knife out, much less healed the wound. They won't even admit that the knife is there. And this is literally all of the Michelsons. That is. And like, I think... Elijah very much operates as like that white moderate figure. Absolutely. Um, managing. He is the white, white moderate. Rebecca is the white feminist. Um, um, uh, Cammy and it, Cammy is a patriarchy princess. And Klaus is absolutely that person that will stab you in the fucking back and ask you to do right by him as you're lying bleeding on the floor. 
it was a lot, you guys. And this show, like I said, there were glimmers of hope with characters like Josh, Vincent and Thierry and also Jackson. But those glimmers of hope, with the exception of Josh and Davina, were stamped out rather quickly. Stamped. And I think, and like I said, I think in that last season, they really try to rally. And I mean, granted, they're setting up legacies with this sort of introduction of hope. But hope never really gets past a sort of like Elena type phase. The, so the bittersweet thing about how the originals ends, like ends as a series is that it ends with Klaus and Elijah like killing each other. They sort of Thelma and Louise it. And but it's not satisfying because I guess because like I said, like if you read this show is like if you read the show, like in the context of like um like of white supremacist systems, it's just I don't know how I feel about like the only hope of like ending like the white supremacy and the patriarchy is like the if it two, destroys itself is. Yeah, as if it destroys itself. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about any of that because, right. you know, I mean, even, even if you stand outside of that context, it is underwhelming, it's underwhelming. When, 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 when a person who should have been held accountable never is, and they get to choose their death on their own terms. Terms. Oh, that's, it's that's not true. okay. That's why it's maddening. He it's gets not to okay. his death on his own terms. And I'm just like, are you kidding? Like, don't do this. Don't do this. Like, don't do this. Like, I wanted more for Vincent, too. I Vincent deserved better. Maybe not more, but better. 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 Um, just better. And there's like, there's a small moment where Elijah's like, what do you think is on the other side? And... Klaus is like, I don't know. And then I'm like, bitch, it better not be heaven. Like, I, like this, I, like the fact that, you know, Caroline comes back to like comfort Klaus or whatever is bullshit. Like the fact that um, they have this like big, like happy family dinner or whatever is bullshit. Like, no, everyone, everybody in this oh. camp deserves unhappiness. Thank <laughs> like, you for bringing up the family dinner. So Alex, like, sh- like she's been saying all along, and we had this conversation prior to recording these episodes, was that you have to shift the way you th- you look at the show. You have to, wa- um, what did you, what, give me your exact words. Oh, if you, you have to read it like in the context of like each person being a, a cipher for like, white cis heteropatriarchy right that's what she said and that family dinner is really really like the coup de gras on that theory because when you look at the family dinner it's really just white people that have hurt and so many people kill and so many people and destroyed countless lives not only getting a happy ending but feeling entitled to have that happy ending ending. It's, it's person that's ever said well my my family owned slaves but i didn't or i can't go back in time and i can't fix anything and i'm not gonna hold myself accountable now i'm just gonna like enjoy the benefits right it is you're so right why do you think you can have healthy societies and healthy communities that are based on a foundation of pain and torture and deprivation to other people that's so real. And the fact that like um, Marcel is there and then Freya's like mixed race, 
like girlfriend is there just makes it even it just makes it all the more disgusting like it's just all the more disgusting thinking out of it in a macro sense when you talk about countries like the usa france you know um germany the the uk where you know um groups of color are marginalized poor people are marginalized and you talk about these things and the history of colonialism and how these these countries are wealthy it, 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 these countries wealth is a direct response to the history of colonialism and slavery and um how it garnered white families generational wealth as it as it through um, people of color, especially black people, into generational poverty, you just get the shoulder shrug. Well, this is a great nation. We built a great nation. But you're not talking about how it was built. This happy-ass family that they're celebrating at the end of the show, we're not talking about the lives that were literally destroyed, the communities that were destroyed, the civilizations, the knowledge that was destroyed to make that a reality. Right. And even just like, because um, it's like, like we said, it's like the last family dinner before like Klaus and 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 um, Elijah killed themselves, and it's this it's this beautifully lit ta- and it's this beautifully lit table and it's like this crane shot and um and it goes to like this wide of like everyone sitting at the table and like just looking at it like within the context of the show it's just like vomit never ending vomit and it's funny it makes me think of like you know that thing that turn of phrase that everybody always goes to in terms of like representation and like a representation of like oh a seat at the table i'm like oh but like looking at that i'm like oh you keep your fucking seat like keep it right. i don't want it like <laughs> you I, the fact that the michaelsons live on a literal plantation for most of the show show yes and then it's honestly like the show deserved to like the it deserved to go out with like i don't know like some black girl werewolf like taking an axe to the table <laughs> like that's how it des- that's how it absolutely deserved like, to go it, out it was so gross again and this is what i'm talking about when you have weak writing you don't care about your characters like in the context of white supremacy the shit is so accurate that you have these white communities neighborhoods entire countries that are thriving um and as a direct result of the pain that they have caused and continue to cause right and like thriving over like violence that they've caused in other communities. Something I want to say is like, this is very specific to this show that like, and the reason why this is specific to like this show in particular is because this is a show that is essentially about family, which means it's about heritage, which means it's about legacy. I mean, I, yeah, like even the, the next spinoff is called legacies, right? Like, and when you ha- and when you are when you choose for those things to be like the theme or the focus of a story you're trying to tell, you have to like take into consideration like it can't just be it can't just be like this waspy selfish um point of view that you use to tell your story. You have to particularly about like a white family. Like <laughs> if you want to like have a and you know, because of the setting, and I think because of the setting in particular, like New Orleans, like it, with the Michaelsons' mm-hmm. impact on like other people and other races and other communities, and it never did. It just never did, and it never grappled with the reality and the truth of what happened. Like, this is not the first time we've had self-centered protagonists. You know, um, 
for instance, um, Luke in the uh, the the um, the uh, the uh, blah blah blah. I'm sorry, I'm losing my chain of focus. Um, when we talk about Luke, a character from the show that will be airing this Saturday, everything sucks. He's someone who's really sweet and really kind, but kind of self-centered, and he's pushed out of that. He's put and lose a friendship or grow as a person and keep someone who's a bit who's a really good friend to him. Even Dawson and Dawson's Creek, again, a protagonist that's not unlikable, but very, very self-absorbed. It's all about Dawson. And this is, you know, portrayed well. He's the only child of his parents. They're pretty well off. It's all me, myself, and I. And as the series progresses, he's forced to give more fucks about his friends, Joey and Pacey, um, apart from himself, not just how they relate to him. You can start off with a person who's very self-centered and grow. Exactly. And then they become like ridiculous. Like, like, okay. So really quickly, I, from the series finale of the originals. So Klaus and Elijah are sitting on a bench and they're about to like, I guess, (laughs) my God, Niklaus, we didn't, we didn't choose to become what we are to be or not to be was taken from us by Esther and Michael stolen from us. Niklaus. Oh Jesus! I'm stealing it. Back. Don't you love? Don't you love the way that they completely sanitize their own actions? It's like because uh, they try to make therapy a thing on this. The reason why it's unethical for parents to um, be therapists to their children is because a lot of our personality is shaped by our parents and our upbringing. That said. Growing as a therapist and moving past your issues means taking accountability for your actions. You can't control what was done to you, but you can't, you do bear responsibility and to sanitize their actions. Again, they're not the Buffy vampires. They're not soulless. Neither of them have ever turned off their humanity. They've wreaked havoc and now they're making excuses about each to each other about it. And they're blaming Esther and Michael of all people. And Esther and Michael have tried to put them down numerous times and stop their reign of terror. Esther and Michael did not tell y'all to terrorize the fucking globe, okay? (laughs) (laughs) They did not tell y'all to do that shit. They told y'all to sit your asses down, stay in these damn coffins. And y'all decided to literally take a, a, a global tour of, and leaving a trail of blood in your wake. Michael said that you were an abomination and that if you had any sense of decency, y'all would have staked yourselves when he asked you to. Essentially <laughs> I know, that man like, spent so much of his life trying to atone for his own mistakes, his children being terrible. And y'all right. let him do it this whole time. This whole- Just like you said, the, the foundation, the it's, it's what you said before that essentially the heartbeat of this show is missing and the heartbeat of your show, of your character, of your stories has to be love, grief, and accountability. Um, and like, there you have it, folks. There, these are just several of a nearly infinite list of ways that the show, its characters, plot, pacing, and overall relatability could have been done much better. The originals left so much to be desired, but like TVD, the music supervisor was on their job. Um, If you're a patron, check out our originals-inspired Spotify playlist and get to know some of the tunes that the showrunners used and misused as a prop to avoid holding their characters accountable and creating fully actualized people. 
This episode officially wraps up the vampire theme season one of GBB. Tune in next week for season two, White People Problems, where we will be kicking things off with the OC. And if you're a patron, check out the first episode in our Gone Too Soon series, where we'll be discussing the short-lived Netflix original series, Everything Sucks. The episode airs this Saturday. Follow The Good, The Bad, The Basic pod on Spotify to listen to this and all of our regular weekly episodes on the go. If you love this sort of content and want more, including the exclusive bonus episodes, outtakes, and other customized content, become a show producer and patron on Patreon. As always, our regularly scheduled programming, as well as all the links on where to find us, can be found on our SoundCloud page. So follow us there at The Good, The Bad, The Basic. And follow us at Good Bad Basic Pod on Twitter. Until next time. Bye, everyone.